Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Man, I am excited. I love spending time in the presence of God with you. Um, I'm really excited that we get, to, uh, we get to do it in natural air conditioning today. Come on, somebody. Uh, last week we were inside and we, we had air conditioning, uh, but we didn't know that it wasn't on until 9.30. And so uh, <laughs> this is the truth. We were all sweating and like, what in the world? This is supposed to be comfortable. And then all of a sudden we realized, hey, this isn't on. Well, now it's 70 degrees maybe right now. Here, we've got people in parkas and, and beanies, and I told you all that us Southern Californians are soft. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, did anybody enjoy that This Is Us series? Did you guys get a lot from it? Well, good. Uh, I, I have been anticipating preaching to you because I love teaching. I love being able to hear other voices, uh, and it was so much content that we went through and so much value that was brought in those messages, but... Uh, Who's ready to hear the word? Right. Uh, so our scripture today is Hebrews 13, verse 7. And my message title is The Paradox of Precedent. Um, there, is a, there is a group of people every week that watches with us. And I would love it if we could say what's up to our online fam. Thank you so much for being with us. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, we don't, we don't, we, I mean, we say this literally every week. We don't say it out of routine. You're not just a part of our church. You are our church. And uh, I'm, I'm super grateful for the people who have hosted uh, over the summer with us, and I'm grateful for the people who are doing that today. But um, how many have been in church for a long time? Like, you, this is not new to you. You kind of grew up in the church. Uh, does anybody remember Sunday night services? Anybody remember that? Okay. Uh, they disappeared. They did. And, and part of me is very glad. <laughs> very glad. Uh, I was a pastor's kid, so that meant that we were there until the last person left um, because, well, my dad's a talker. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, that's actually true, but uh, Sunday night services were so cool because we had the opportunity to, to maybe extend some portions of our service that we normally didn't get to extend, like worship, uh, like our prayer time. And, and usually Sunday nights where we bring in the guest speakers, you know, we let the pinch hitters, you know, kind of come up and, and give a message. But I remember so many times on Sunday night that we would spend time at the altar. Now, if you don't know what an altar is, we, we, we have a flat area here, but it's the front right near the, the stage where, where we, we set aside and we consecrate an area that we know that God is going to move and speak in our lives. And so we would spend time down at the altar. And I remember many times, but specifically one time, uh, we had a bunch of stairs that went up to a stage at this particular church that we were at. And I remember being in like the corner where the stairs met the wall and my mom and my dad both praying over me. And I remember the prayers that they prayed over me. And I may not remember every single word, but I remember the, the general gist of, of the, the prayer. And what's really powerful is when I think of moments that God has spoken to me, moments that mean the most to me, I just got to be real with you. It's not me preaching. It's moments at the altar. It's moments where I could actually take a second, take a step back and realize I'm in the presence of God. 
Now, like I said, we, we don't have the authority to, to ask God to come to somewhere where he already is. In fact, that's kind of ridiculous. It's a little bit uh, backwards. But when we ask him to move, when we ask him to speak, he does. And when I read this verse in Hebrews, I thought, you know, we could look back to, uh, to Adam and Eve. I mean, we could go literally as far back as Adam and Eve and think, how cool would it have been to walk with God in the garden? Like, could you imagine ending your day, it says, in the cool of the evening. Could you imagine ending your day walking with God? And no, I don't mean like you're, you're walking together and, and there's a, a, a gap between you because that's where God stands. I mean literally walking with the presence of God, where you could hear God trample leaves beneath his feet, knowing he was that close. Where you could actually have a conversation, he was saying, Hey, what did you do today? Did you know that God is actually uh, like interested in what you do day to day? He actually cares about the things that you're doing, whether that's a homework assignment, whether it's cleaning the house, whether it's doing baseboards. He actually cares about what you're doing in your day. So we can look at that, and I think, man, what a powerful uh, uh, relationship to have with God. And I, I, guys, I would love to walk with God. I've got some things that I'd like to chat with him about because... I could just use some answers. We could go back as far as Moses, where Moses gets to the edge of the Red Sea and he says, God, I know you've done things before that are crazy. I saw you just do 10 plagues, but this is, this is a pretty big gap that we've got to cross here. Uh, will you do it? And sticking his staff out and the seas beginning to bubble and separate. And the ground drying up, because don't forget that he didn't just let them cross in mud. He took care of his kids, and they walked across on dry land. Then you have the, the moment where he's up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments. Can you imagine what it would have been like, maybe when, when Moses told the people, I'm going to go up the mountain, and I'm going to go talk to God. I'm going to go be alone with God, stay here, and worship with me. Almost like Jesus in the garden. And then we see a repeat of that same story too because instead of worshiping, they end up creating an idol. But then could you imagine Moses coming down, seeing the idol, they, they walk through this whole situation where they, they surrender to God and this is him talking to his people and they feel like, okay, now we're in right alignment. Well, I would have loved, Felix, to be in that worship service. The first one, right after they all kind of came back into alignment with, with what God had for them, that would have been a powerful, powerful move of God. But can I tell you something? I'd rather have been on the mountain. I'd rather be in a thick cloud of, of God's presence. So when I think of what my parents did, when I think of what my grandparents did, when I think of those who have gone before me have done, it is my responsibility, it's our responsibility to take that and emulate their faith in our lives. We have a responsibility to take the experience that our, 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 those who have gone before us have had and employ them into our lives. I think uh, of, there's another church here in Orange County that started just about a year before us, and they were given a building. Someone literally like paid the bill, they gave them a building. Well, <laughs> anybody got the faith for that? 
I'm so ready for a building, and we're believing, and we're praying, and we're giving, and we're saving towards that. But when I look back, and I see that God has done this not once, not twice, but he's done it over and over and over and over for his kids, that he cares enough about them to give them what they need, that's powerful. In fact, did you know that there is a presence of God giving a place to his kids? I think of of Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 6. This is something that my dad spoke over me years ago. He said, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. That means that the children of Israel got to walk into a blessing because God said, I'm going to give it to you. He said, I, I, I told them back then that I was going to do it. I'm going to do it through you. I told them that I would be with them. I'm going to show you that I'm going to be with you. Then how much more do we have the responsibility to say, God, if you did it for them, will you do it for us? Will you take care of us? Will you care for us? Will you do what you did back then for us? Can you imagine the construction crew building uh, the promised land? They didn't know it was the promised land. In fact, to them, it was just land. But they were building buildings. They were, they were putting together structures and infrastructures for this city to exist, for this nation to exist, and they didn't even know that they were building a blessing for someone else. But that's how good our God is. Come on, somebody. Now, there is a precedent of God showing up. There's a, there's a precedent for the power of God showing up and moving on his people when they gather, okay? I'm, I'm gonna share three precedents with you this morning. This is the first one. There is a precedent of the power of God showing up and moving on his people when they gather. If you open your Bible to Acts chapter two, it says this, as they were in the upper room, all in one accord, they were worshiping God together. And all of a sudden, a sound like the roaring of a rushing wind filled the room and what looked like tongues of fire settled on them. And each began to give utterance in a different language. They began to pray in the Spirit. But you know what? The Spirit only settled where there was unity. The Spirit only ever settles when there's unity. It says they were in one accord. That means they they all agreed on the same thing. They wanted to see the same thing. And they were in one place. Jesus called his people together. He never called people to separate. He never called people to be isolated. He called us to be together. And that's why I love Sunday mornings. I love Tuesday nights when we have small group at our house. I love being together. Now, I spent uh, four days this week alone. I I went to a conference. I say alone. I went to a conference uh, in Nashville, and there were 4,000-ish people at this conference. But I was the only person I knew. And the first day was awesome. Because I'm an extrovert. I like being with people. But sometimes I like to think by myself. And so I, I got on the plane, and, and I you know, had my videos that I wanted to watch. I, I had some things I wanted to read. And I did all that. And then I got to my hotel room, and I was like, how great is this? I don't have to share uh, you know, covers with people. I, <laughs> it just is what it is. Uh, <laughs> 
I can watch what I want to watch, and because I'm on vacation, I'm watching the Food Network. Come on, anybody got that diners, drive-ins, and dives? And so I'm loving this. I got up early the next morning and went to the leadership conference, and it was so good, and I'm feverishly taking notes. And then by the end of the first day, I was like, oh, this has been awesome. And I went to bed, and uh, I woke up the, the third morning, I guess now, the second morning, and I was like, well, I think I'm kind of ready to talk to somebody. Because I'm, I'm, an, I'm an extrovert. I get recharged by being with people. And all of a sudden I realized, like, I don't, I'm really grateful that, that I got to experience what I get to experience. But this would have been really cool if I had brought people with me. And then I thought, well, you know what? Sunday morning is going to be awesome because I get to be with my people. I get to be with my friends. I get to be with my family. I get to be with people who are going to challenge me to go deeper in my own faith. Did you know that? Did you know that you guys challenge your pastor? You challenge me to go deeper. You challenge me to study more. You challenge me to be more like Christ because I know that I carry a weight and a responsibility to be like him and to lead us to that place. But you guys encourage me. I hope I get to encourage you. But Jesus always called his people together. I think that's why uh, COVID was so hard for me. I mean, we did a great job of, of being together online, and I think online community is a community in and of itself. And that's why I'm so grateful that you're watching with us this morning. I'm grateful that we have people literally all over this nation watching this morning and being a part of our worship experience. When I tell you guys that this is bigger than what you see, it's literally bigger than what you see. But then Jesus gave this word to his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. He said, I know that you have seen my miracles. I know that you have witnessed my death and now my resurrection, probably the biggest miracle he ever did. But don't leave Jerusalem because I'm going to send my spirit. Now, that means that Jesus was calling his people together to gather. And then when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit gathers people. It doesn't disperse them. The Spirit always brings people together in unity. And this is how I know when, when a lot of people miss what the Holy Spirit has to say in their own lives. It leads them to individualism and isolation. The Spirit of God will never isolate you. He will always gather you. Now, if you were to read the Bible in its original form, in its original languages, you would be reading in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And, and the word that we get from church is ekklesia, and it's in Greek. And it, it's, it's roughly translated in English, but it, it, it doesn't do it justice. English really doesn't do anything justice. Uh, it's more of a word picture. When we say ekklesia, it means it's a group of people gathering together. So when we say the church, we're saying it's a, it's a gathering. It's not a building, it's a gathering. So the, then you have people who say, well, Kyle, church, church is a building. No, I mean, it is. It's, it's a location that we've We've put an, a, a priority on, you know. But then there are other people who say, well, church isn't the building. I am the church. I am the temple. I'm the body of Christ. Listen, if you're not gathering, you're not the church. This is my pinky, okay? But the second this pinky gets cut off from me, it's not my pinky anymore. It's just icky. 
And what we have is a bunch of pinkies running around in our culture saying, I am the body, I am the body, I am the body. And I'm just telling you, unless you are connected to the body, you're not a part of the body. This is why it's so important when we meet people who don't know Jesus, we invite them here. One of the best ways, one of the biggest ways, and one of the most prevalent ways that people get saved is on Sunday morning experiences in church. Do you know why? Because, Jacob, I know if you bring your friends here, I can trust all of these people to help usher in the presence of God. And when, when somebody who is not saved comes into the presence of an all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present God, things have to change. Things have to move. It was interesting. Um, I, was, I was in Tennessee this week, and, and I ran into somebody in a restaurant, and they said, uh, what kind, of, what kind of conference are you here for? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm here for a church conference. You know, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. I'm a pastor, and I'm here for a church conference. Oh, well, I go to church, and my daddy went to church, and my granddaddy went to church, and my great-granddaddy built this church. Praise God, amen. Bless God, amen. Come on. And then I go to church every single week, and I sit in the same chair because this is my chair, this is my place, this is my church, and praise God. I'm like, well, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. <clears throat> I said, how's your relationship with God? What? <laughs> I, said, I said, tell me, like, what, is, what is he speaking to your life? Well, this is what my pastor said. I, no, 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 no. What is God speaking to your life? And they couldn't answer me. And it was weird to have, like, I didn't have to tell them this. I didn't tell them this. But it's weird to think, like, you're not a Christian because you go to church. You're just not. Like, being here doesn't make you a Christian. Being here makes you part of a community. Being here regularly will probably lead you to being a Christian. But then you have the, the West Coast. And, and I'll tell you what, there is just something about flying on a plane, that one like that, and you see the lights of L.A., and you can start seeing Orange County, and there's just something about this that is home for me. But here we have an opposite problem, where we have people who are saying, I don't need to go to church because I'm good on my own. I don't need to be a part of the body because I'm good on my own. And let me just tell you that there is a precedence all through Scripture of God's power showing up and moving on his people when they gather. So that's why when we come and we worship and we, and we raise our hands together, we can expect that God is going to do something miraculous. When the Spirit of God was poured out, it called people to gather because that's where the Holy Spirit wants to move on his people. His favorite place to move is when his people are together. How do I know? Because that's where he does it the most regularly. You start reading scripture, and you see that when people are together, he says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there with them. So technically speaking, it only takes two people. But I'll tell you what, there is something electrifying about hearing somebody else worship right behind me when I'm worshiping on Sunday mornings. There is something about being in a place that is buzzing with excitement about what is God going to do this week? What is he going to do in me? What is he going to do through me? What is he going to do in their lives? I don't know about you. I just come to church expecting that God's going to move and kind of excited to see what, how is he going to do it this week. If you will take out the, re the restrictions that you have on God, uh, on what you think he's going to do, and just let him move, it will totally change your relationship with him. So 
The next precedent, there is a precedent for the presence of God changing the environment around us and healing us. Imagine with me just for a second. The disciples are gathered together, most of them. Jesus has just died about three days ago. They're gathered together. They're hiding out because they're so ashamed. They've been following this crock. I mean, Peter didn't even have the faith to say, yes, I followed him. He was intimidated by a 12-year-old potentially. He didn't want to tell her that he was one of the people who walked on water. He didn't want to tell her that he was the one that Jesus looked him straight in the eye and said, I will build my church upon this rock. Your name means rock. He didn't want to tell people that he was the one that Jesus said, come, follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So they're frustrated. They're irritated. They're, they're beat down. They're, they, I would imagine they were probably even a little embarrassed. And here they sit, and through a walked door, a locked door, in walks Jesus Christ. If you guys aren't reading your Bible, I want to encourage you to read this thing with all you've got because it will shock you. Jesus walked through a door to get to his people. They meant to keep people out. He said, no, 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 I'm gathering you together. I need you together because I need to reveal myself to you. I need to do something in you that will eventually spread, but I got to start it behind a locked door. I got to start it in a place where you're all together. Change the environment. Could you imagine not only the shock, but also just like the, wait, what? Moment that John had. The one who leaned up against Jesus at the Last Supper. Says he was so close to his heart he could hear his whisper. Was it me, Jesus? Is it me, Jesus? No. But he could hear Jesus answer yes when Judas asked. Because he was so close to his heart, he was leaning up against him. And now all of a sudden he sees this man walk into the room through the door. Let's not get past that. That's just crazy to me. Well, Jesus changed the environment because Jesus always changes the environment. Wherever he is, it says there is life and life abundantly. We have that promise. We get to participate in this. Wherever Jesus is, where, and I'll say it this way, because we know that, that God the Father is sitting in heaven at the throne and Jesus Christ is already at his right hand. That means that the Holy Spirit is the one on earth with us. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, he changes the environment. There's power in setting an environment. In fact, did you know that we have a spiritual gift in this? I mean, we get caught up on the speaking in tongues and the words of prophecy and uh, the words of knowledge and healing. I love those things. I'm super grateful that the Spirit empowers his kids to do that. But did you know that there is a maybe lesser known, uh, very, very important gift of the Spirit called hospitality? This is one of his gifts, that he actually empowers people to set an environment so that he could show up. Because I would imagine, Felix, that, that Jesus doesn't always like walking into the room where people are discouraged. I mean, he'll, he'll change them, he'll heal them, he'll work with them, he'll, he'll heal them, but I think he really loves walking into an environment where his kids expect him to be there. There's really like, some cool things about surprising your friends. I love surprising Levi. Um, 
you know, when I can like sneak around a corner and, and get them. Bless you. The cutest sneeze I've heard all day. Uh, there's something that I like to do, and that's like scare Levi because I can sneak up on him and surprise him. But one of my favorite things is last night, where I've been gone for four days, and I put my, <laughs> my suitcase in the trunk, and Levi, from his car seat, is facing this way, and he turns around and goes, Daddy! <laughs> Crazy! <laughs> he expected me to be there, and he expected me to show up, and he set the environment in the car. He set the expectation level in the car. It is our responsibility to host the Holy Spirit, to host an environment, to make a place where it is easy for him to show up and move with his kids. In fact, I believe this is so important that we created an entire department here in this church called Guest Experience for this purpose. Because we believe in setting an environment where you can step in and you can feel like, hey, this is fun. This is, this is going to be a good day. And we've had a lot of different challenges as we've walked through COVID and being outside and going inside and coming outside and going to this location, going to this location. I mean, we've moved probably six or seven times already. Praise God. But each time, wherever we were, we set an environment. We expect God to show up. And so guest experience is the one that sets up all of this stuff here. They start putting out coffee. And I'll be honest, they don't get very far into the setup process before some of us start raiding the table for coffee. They're the ones who put the flags out. They're the ones who put the cones out. They're the ones who, who make sure that this place feels good when you walk in. In fact, they're the ones who make sure that you have the experience that you're having right now. And so I know that there are people here today, right now, it's you, who have the gift of hospitality. Now, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, I want a quick plug. Go through Essentials. We have an entire week dedicated to finding out what are your spiritual gifts? Where's your personality? Where do those things overlap so that you can participate in the way that Christ wanted you to and designed you to? But there are people here who sit here every single week, and I'm not bagging on anybody, I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody, but people sit here every single week and they don't serve. And they're not using your gifts. And you know what, can I just tell you, if you don't use your right arm for a while, it atrophies. I'm not saying that your right arm goes away. It doesn't. Your gifts don't go away. You just have a responsibility to use them. And there are people here with the gift of hospitality that I'm going to challenge right now. You need to go talk to Pastor Barbara. You need to join the guest experience team. And I, it was funny, I was talking to her a little bit earlier, and she goes, don't just, don't just say that it's just set up. It's the most fun. And you know what? This morning, Sarah brought donuts. And uh, yeah, thank you, Sarah, for that, by the way. Uh, it was so cool because there were like three or four people over there setting up. And we over here were having a good time, but we hear them laughing and, and chatting. And it was like, well, they must be eating donuts or something. They've got the coffee and the sugar. Let's go over there. That's where the party is. There are people here who have a gift of hospitality that are not using it, and it's time for you to step up, and I'm calling you to step up. If you're not serving, I want you to go talk to Pastor Barbara and get involved in guest experience because you could usher people in. You could greet people. Um, I'm, an, I, I'm an extrovert, but I don't love people like talking to me. Like at a, I know you know this. Uh, I walk into a gro like a grocery store or, or more specifically, H&M. Okay, well, let's be really, really specific. 
this bugs me about H&M. I don't think uh, you are here. <laughs> Israel works for H&M. I'm not bagging on you, bro. Thanks for translating. Um, I walk in, and they're like, hi, how are you? How can I help you? What do you need? What's your social security number? I'm like, bro, chill. I do not need that in my life. But you know what? There is something cool about being recognized. There is something really exciting to know that this was set out for me. Did you know that we pray over you guys? But then on mornings like this morning where I get to come and, and set up the chairs, I set up all your chairs this morning, uh, me and Cameron, and I prayed over every single one of the chairs because it's part of the guest experience. I pray that, God, will you show up and move in this person's life? Whoever sits here, will you rattle their world today? There is a power and a precedence for the presence of God changing the environment around us and healing us. I believe if you will work in your gifts, you will see God move more often in your life. Some of you are waiting to see God move. You're waiting to see him respond to you, and he's saying, I've already told you what to do. Go do it. I've already given you gifts. Go use them. I've already empowered you with my Holy Spirit. Will you use that? And so if you feel like you have the gift of, of hospitality, even if you don't, I want you to come talk to Pastor Barbara or to me because we want to get you plugged in. And this is not for cheap labor. This is not for free labor. This is for setting an environment for the presence of God to speak and move on people like he did last week. Did you know that we had a, we had a prayer time last week and we had four people come forward for prayer and two of them this week reported that uh, their, their pain was gone. One of them reported that they went to the doctor and the doctor said, we have never seen a healing like this before. We don't know what's going on. You should be in a sling for another four weeks. Two weeks after having a massive elbow reconstruction surgery, Matthew Lester is able to move with almost full range of motion because God healed him. Because we watched as Jesus taught his disciples as he was walking, he healed the blind man. He healed a crippled man. He said, pick up your mat and walk. Do you notice that he always requires movement on your part to do something? So serve. Wherever you are, serve. There is nothing more enjoyable than serving with people in your gift. One of the things I love is, is hanging out with, uh, with Luke and Cameron because these guys get hyped about our services. You know why? Because they're working in their gifts. They're being responsible to the gifts that the Holy Spirit put in them. And, and it is seriously, it is my, my highest priority that every person here feels like God is moving and speaking to me. The churchy language, the Christianese for that is every person is being fed. But it is your responsibility to come hungry. Okay? I think throughout the week, you should be diving into this and reading it for yourself and letting it change you and letting it shift the atmosphere because there's presence for that too, that God would speak to people through his word. In fact, I think of A.W. Tozer who had such a powerful and real relationship with God. He began to encourage people at the end of his life through his writings. And now that he's passed, we're, we're all still reading his work. And we're all still learning to be more like Jesus because of his time that he spent with this word in his hand. All right, I'm going to keep going here. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry, but um, there is precedent. <laughs> I told you, he gets hyped. 
there is precedent for people showing up and seeking the heart of the Father to act on their behalf. The choice is up to you. While this is a, a team sport, this is also an individual sport. Not an isolated sport. There's a difference. Each player has a responsibility to do their workout before they show up on the field. Okay? I know. When you look at me, you don't think, oh, that guy's athletic. I'm not. I'm really not. <clears throat> but at one point, I played, I played soccer. I know. Some people are, <laughs> you can cool it in the back. Thank you. Um, I don't look like I played soccer, but I played soccer. And when I say I played soccer, I played soccer as like a five-year-old, okay? So this was not like high stakes or anything. But I was so good at soccer that um, they rarely played me. They just, they, they, wanted, they wanted to save my legs is what they kept telling me, you know? Um, I, was, I was so good that they had to make up a position for me called uh, uh, Rover, I think is what it was. Uh, but it was like rover goalie or something like that. I was second goalie. And I had to stand way off to the side as to not block the first goalie. <laughs> Again, they just wanted to save me. I, they, I was too valuable to the team. They, they didn't want me to get hit in the face with a ball. Okay? It was my responsibility to show up with my pads, with my socks, with my uniform on, with my cleats. It was my responsibility to show up at practice. This is an individual uh, sport and a team sport. And when people show up doing what they were supposed to do, like reading the Bible, spending time in prayer, and, and, and anticipating what God is going to do, he just does it. When we all get together, it's like things just start to break immediately. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was on a Sunday morning getting ready to come to church and, and go get the U-Haul and all that kind of stuff. And um, as I was hopping in the shower, I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, hot or cold, pick a side. And I'm not talking about where Jesus talks about the water uh, and he says, you know, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. That's not the, the scripture I'm talking about. I really just felt impressed that the Holy Spirit said, hot or cold, pick a side. Don't be lukewarm. Because ice water is refreshing. Ice water will bring back strength. Hot water helps heal. Hot water helps cook. Hot or cold, pick a side. Be what I called you to be. Be useful. Be useful. There is precedence all through scripture and all through history of people showing up and being useful. They're showing up and they're working in their gifts because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. Where every single person shows up and they do work in the gift that they were given. Where we can all link arms together. I, I know I'm the pastor of this church, but there are so many times where I feel like I'm not just out front leading. I'm arm in arm with these guys. I know that if I'm going through something, I can call so many of you people. And, and say, hey, will you pray with us? Will you, will you help us? I know there have been emergencies where I've even called people and said, hey, I, I, I need you to come over right now and take care of Levi. I've got to go care for something. And, and people are like, yeah, whatever. Because we're all on the same team. And I know that there are people who uh, are a part of this church who have said, I need help. Will you help me? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're in. 
because that's what a community does. But there is precedence all through Scripture of people experiencing the power and the presence of God. Now, as I close, um, this message is called The Paradox of Precedent. And all I've, all I've done up to this point is share with you what the precedent is. But there is a precedent for God showing up, his Holy Spirit moving on his people. There is a precedent uh, for him to, to move and change the environment and heal us. There's precedent for people showing up and seeking the heart of the Father. But the paradox is we can't just rely on precedent. We have to set it. Because, believe it or not, there is somebody coming after you it might be your kid, it might be friends, it might be future acquaintances that are going to rely on you to be the precedent that they look to. We are setting the standard now for generations to come. Let me just talk about us right now. This is Legacy Church, not the Big C Church, not Tustin, just Legacy Church. We are setting the precedent today for what people will experience next Sunday. We are setting a precedence right now in our worship for what people are going to experience next Sunday night when we do a baptism in the backyard. And then there are people who are here who I hope spend a ton of time with us. And when I say a ton of time, I mean years and years and years. I want to raise my kids with you guys. I want our families to do life together. I, I want to be with you guys. I know a couple of uh, the, the young families got to go to the beach a few weeks ago, and it was so fun to just sit there. We didn't talk about church. We were just laughing and watching our kids go nuts with the seagulls. It was amazing. That's the kind of stuff that I want. We are setting a precedence now for our kids to step into. And I'm just going to be uh, real honest told you guys last week, my first role is as a husband and a father. I need your help setting an environment in which my son can experience the power and the presence of God. My kids are watching you. Your kids are watching us together. So we can't just rely on a precedent. We have to set a precedent. And we have a responsibility as a church, as individuals, to come together and say, this is how I'm going to live my life. So let me ask you this. Are you living your lives in a way that allows the Holy Spirit to move in us and among us? Are you approaching him, hungry for him to say something? Are you approaching him, expecting him to do something? Or are you sitting back in your seat and just saying, whatever it is, it is. Because if it's the latter, I want to challenge you. It's time to get up. It's time to move. It's time to do something to change that. Because apart from the, the time in Acts chapter 2 where it says the Holy Spirit settled on them, the Holy Spirit is always mentioned in coordination with movement. He's always moving. He's always challenging. And I know that there are people here today who have come and said, man, I need, I need a healing. I need God to, to move in my finances. Can anybody use God's hand on your finances? Can all the college students. <laughs> um, could anybody use God's hand on their, their relationship with their significant other? 
Could anybody use God's hand on your relationship with your friends? How about at work? Anybody need God's hand at work? Then it's time to set a precedent. It's time to set a precedent today, right now. Because I'm believing that today is the day that God wants to do something powerful in your life. And it may not be this hyper-spiritual moment. It might just be a settledness that he gives you that, okay, today's the day I'm changing things around. If you need God to move in your finances, today's the day where he says, stop buying dumb stuff and save up. Start tithing. Start giving away. Generosity breeds generosity. We don't give to get, but that's just kind of the the cycle, the the tendency that it is in the spirit. If you need him to work in your job, then I want to invite you to invite him into that place because he has specifically gifted you with the ability to make money, to make friends, to lead people to him. That's what he wants you to do. If you need him in your relationship, guess what? The same thing is true. He wants to move. He created families on purpose. He wants relationships to be right. And so I would love it. If you want prayer for any of those things, I want you to come to the front right now. This is an altar moment right now. Make a move. Who's going to be with me? Stand to your feet. If you want God to move in any one of those areas, I want you to come forward and we want to pray with you. We want to set a precedent this morning for God to move. We want to set a precedent for us to step into in the future for God to move. I want to see the Holy Spirit move in your lives so desperately. I want to see him move in my life. I am not exempt from this at all. But we want to pray with you. I'd love it if the pastors would come forward and and begin to pray. But I want to close in just a second here. I wrote this down in my notes. If you want to see the gifts of the Spirit manifested in this church and miracles happen in your life, then you have to live by a precedent of holiness. Set the bar for those who are coming after you. Set a new precedent. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your word because I needed it in my life. We need it here. God, we want to see you move. We want to see you you heal people. We want to see you set people free. God, I want to see financial futures changed. I want to see relationships restored. I want to see generations brought back to you because of your power. Now, every single week, we, uh, we give everybody the opportunity to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Today is no different. So if you would, continue the posture of prayer with us. The Bible says that in order to uh, receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's only two things that need to happen. He made it super easy for guys like me. All you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess with your mouth and you will be saved. So we're going to do that together. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, please come into my life. Make me like you. Take away my sin and teach me 
what it means to set a new precedence. A precedence of holiness, a precedence of hospitality, a a precedence of forgiveness. Make me like you, Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer for the first time, we want to celebrate with you. Would you do me a favor? Would you raise your hand with us? And if you would, if you said it in the, uh, in the chat, would you put a, uh, a raised hand emoji? We just want to connect with you. We want to make sure that you have a Bible. We want to take next steps with you and see what God will do in and through your life. Guys, thank you for, for being here, not just uh, to be here, but thank you for helping us set a precedent. I love being with you. I love worshiping with you. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together. I pray that you would seal this word in our hearts. Encourage us with it this week. And now as we go, I pray that you would bless every single person here and online. So grateful for them. I'm so grateful for your power. And now I pray that you would prove your power throughout this week. Father, that you would go ahead of us and set up divine appointments for us to step into and walk with you through. I pray that the presence of your Holy Spirit would be with us and would constantly remind us that you're here. We love you and we praise you. And everyone said together, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for being here with us for our weekend worship experience. We will be here again next Sunday, same time, indoors with AC. We'll see you guys here next week. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.